That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Week two of the Premier League certainly was a doozy. Crystal Palace ruined Manchester United's opening fixtures this season as they beat the Red Devils 3-1 at Old Trafford. Wilfred Zaha scoring a brace against his old team. Arsenal off to a hot start in the league with another London Derby win, this time a 2-1 victory over West Ham thanks to a late goal from Edward Nketiah. It was the Son and Kane party early on Sunday morning as Spurs went to Southampton and beat the Saints down 5-2. Four goals for Son, four assists for Kane, and additionally, Gareth Bale now back with Tottenham. Champions Liverpool went to Stamford Bridge and get all three points against Chelsea, thanks in part to an Andreas Christensen red card right before the half and a brace from Sadio Mane in the second half, and additionally, a beautiful performance from new boy Thiago. And Manchester City began their attempt to reclaim the title with a 3-1 victory at Wolves. Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, and Gabriel Jesus all getting on the score sheet for Manchester City. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Adrian Pissarro. We got Alex Moss and Javier Arevalo along for the ride today. How are we doing, fellas? Can't complain. On my vacation, having a good time. There, there we go. Doing pretty well, you know, football-wise. Doesn't get better than two yes. wins. Right, right, Andrew? Yeah. Right, Andrew? Two wins to start the season. Uh Two wins to start season. It's a good time. Can confirm. Uh, I, I'm very excited for three when I with when the cabins on Monday. Ah, uh, shit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. It's too early for this. We can't start with this yet. Life comes at you pretty fast, man. Uh, uh, let's 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 get right into it. Um, we're not probably not going to talk about the two earlier games on Saturday morning, but Everton get a five-two victory over West Brom. James Rodriguez scoring his first Premier League goal, uh, a hat trick for Calvert Lewin. Everton might be a team we need to start taking a little bit more of a closer watch to, especially with some of these new boys. But we shall uh, we shall see. They, uh, uh, we, I don't know we, about that. We, we broke a record this weekend for most goals in a uh, ten-match game week. Previously, it was 42 goals. This week, we had 43. So there was a lot of crazy 5-2s and 4-2s and 3-1s. I think the Arsenal game was one of the games that had the least amount of goals, and that was 2-1. So pretty crazy game week. The the Liverpool-Chelsea at the lowest. That was the lowest. That was the lowest. Um, But yeah, going back to what you said, Andrew, I think Everton is... I mean, from what we've seen in these first couple games, they're going to be in and around it in that top six this this year and i'm sure they're going to give the big boys a lot of you know uh a lot of pains and no they're not you you don't think think so the top six top six argument they just i think they're better than wolves i I think they're i think they're going to be better than wolves this year i i think i think they're a team that i'm like okay maybe i might need to pay attention to is where i have them where i didn't have them anywhere near that last year but I just we'll love see. the uh, the new midfield they have of, of Decore, Allen, and, and Hamas. I just think it's completely changed the way that that team looks. I mean, Calvert-Lewin has got four goals in two games. I I don't think that ever would have happened in any type of Everton team that we've seen in the last decade. Um, he scored more than you think he did last year. No, I know year, he had like 12 like, or 13 goals for the season, but they were coming in 
what you know he never scored more than one usually and it was like you know he scored a couple games in a row wouldn't score for a few game weeks and you know that's kind of how he was but now he looks like someone who you know might reach 20 goals this season so i just want to add that this game was 1-1 and west west brom even took the lead first and uh, everton didn't really blow them out until kieran gibbs got sent off just before halftime and then early second half was when the flurry came and it got pretty, wrapped up pretty stupid re- stupid red card like kind of like yeah really dumb smacked, red card. smacked uh i don't Completely remember what Everton player in the head perfectly good goals that west brom scored uh, and then Yangana Bil- and yeah. uh, mateus Pereira, the both two wingers the new that we signings. said had to score all their goals right both the new signings that, that was beauties. a beautiful free kick absolutely We'll see how things play out for both clubs. Uh, Leeds, the over club, uh, continues. They they win 4-3 over Fulham. Um, all I'm saying now is just bet the Leeds over every single week until it stops hitting. Like, because it's going to happen. It's it's just a reality. It's it's a mortal lock. Leeds overs until the end of time. It's, it's all the analysis you really need I to know. I can pretty confidently say do not take the Leeds over versus Sheffield. I'm guessing Chris Wilder is in panic mode right now. <laughs> He's going to be planning some that, sort of that, uh, shit housing nil nil or one nil for Sheffield. We'll see. We'll, we we shall see. Like, uh, I, I called that. Good. I called Sheffield being being not very having, uh, having second season syndrome. Yeah, having second season syndrome. I don't think they're going to be anything near what they were last year, and they're going to struggle a lot without Dean Henderson because Ramsdale is not Dean Henderson. So still early days of it. It is uh, Manchester United. Getting off to their first uh, first game of the season and uh, taking an absolute beat down from Crystal Palace, who beat them three one. Zaha, like I said, is a hob brace. Van de Beek scores hit in his opener in the 80th minute. Uh, Andros Townsend scores in the first 10 minutes. I, they and had a bullshit penalty given against them. It was great. It was, <laughs> it was yeah, justice. I, I can't believe that happened. There was a moment, I think, in the second half where it looked like United were going to get a penalty, a bullshit penalty, and I was just kind of like, "Oh, of course, this is how they're going to come back in the game." I think it was when it was one nil, and then, uh, and then, yeah, it was given against them. They they had they, a few minutes later, Crystal Palace get a penalty, and I think Ayu just like flicked it up and it hit Lindelof like on the chest. But for some reason, VAR came back and said it was a penalty. I don't know how that works, but I don't think the ref initially gave it. Um, so the handball rule was a disaster this weekend. There was like, there was a, a pretty blatant handball from Doherty in the Tottenham game that wasn't called. And then, I mean, some people were trying to say that the Gabriel in uh, the West Ham game was was a handball. And well, they've they've I, like I, adjusted the rule a little bit. Yeah, there they've isn't there isn't some changed cl- it so they, that they, it there likes- needs to be some clarity there. I think. Well, there there is, but I mean, it's still not the clearest clarity. It's like the handball will be given if the ball hits below the armpit. And I'm just like, really? Where do you? Where does the armpit stop? <laughs> like that's. I feel like that's not like a very discernible thing. But whatever, they've changed the rule in order to be more clear, and somehow it's still foggy as hell. So I don't know what to make of it. But you know, after so many games of United. I mean, not all their decisions that they get for penalties are terrible. Most of them are warranted, but it's just the blatant way that they like seek out penalties. That it just seems like it's their number one strategy. It was it was vindicating to have, you know, uh, kind of a, a bullshit decision go against them like that and and put the game at two nil. And you know, Vanderbeek puts them back in it in the last ten minutes. But I mean, Zaha answered pretty quickly after that. And you know, after thought, like going thirty years at not winning at, at the Old Trafford, Palace have won two years in a row. So, Roy Hodgson, will he ever leave? I just want him around forever. Uh, it's also, 
it's also the the best start that Crystal Palace have ever had in their in their history in the Premier League. Right, they've, they've never won, won their first, first two games. games. <laughs> they usually their lose their like games. first five or six. They're in crisis right. mode and need someone to bail them out. But I actually thought like as much as we shit on on the referees on this podcast, I, I actually thought the refereeing was pretty decent this weekend. I watched most of the games, and I mean, there was a couple like soft calls, but I thought it was pretty consistent across the board, and I didn't really feel like any of the games I watched, I thought the referees did a terrible job. I think VAR has been improving, especially the the referees going to actually see the play on the sideline. I saw that a lot this weekend, like referees being called over to, to go actually take a look, and then they actually go and make the right decision, which I was really... Um, I was really surprised about that and happy that to see that that seems to be a change in VAR. I think that's something that they they talked about in the off season, being like, "Hey, we want you guys to kind of take more of of ownership of this because they do that in other leagues. I, I think they even do that in MLS, where the the head ref comes over and, and watches the monitor. So I'm excited to see that kind of in the Premier League to maybe get things straightened out. I would say this: I know this is a is a bad loss for Manchester United. Obviously, the full team's not there. No, Aaron Wan Bissaka, you know. Fred he was he start. was on the bench and maybe he's not match fit. Yeah, he wasn't he, he wasn't match fit. I mean they had a long they, they, but this is one of those this is the exact thing that I talked about going down the stretch where it's like you know they pretty much had Liverpool their full team. Being in the ch- yeah no they didn't though. I mean Mason Greenwood doesn't start like there's a lot of guys who only just came back and they didn't have as many preseason games as as Arsenal or Liverpool would have had like that that whole idea of like being sharp to start the season like that's something that Manchester United and Manchester City do slightly have to be concerned about because of that late run in European competition and like I think it's going to take them like a little bit to like really get going where City and Liverpool have the opportunity to, I mean, not City, maybe not as much, but other teams, especially Arsenal included, have the opportunity to start the season a little bit more at a running pace. And um, I, I don't know. I'm not concerned about United. I still think they might get a one signing done, but it, things definitely don't sound like anybody's coming in anytime soon in the same way that you know Fabrizio Romano breaking the the news about Chelsea signing the red goalkeeper at halftime in the Chelsea Liverpool game so uh, I, I don't think we're going to see that Peter, from, Peter from Cech United was furiously texting right after the yes. Kepa goal just all right all right we got to get the many right, deal we'll over get the to line that now in a second oh, but okay. we're not going to just gloss over United losing on opening day to Crystal Palace uh it's uh, a bad loss yes but I think they performed probably about as well as Chelsea did at Brighton on the opening day. So it just seems like a mac- like a lack of sharpness where like during the, the, the bubble, not the bubble, it wasn't called the bubble, but during the restart, uh, they looked pretty uh, sharp and crisp with like their passing and their tempo of passing uh, in this game, like Bruno Fernandes, especially like those key players didn't really keep that same sort of, uh, passing tempo and uh, like sharpness up. They had terrible giveaways. Bruno seemed more concerned with diving to win free kicks and penalties than he did to uh, getting the ball in the dangerous areas like early and often. Bruno fraud. Yeah, I mean it's one bad game. You can't fault him for uh, for that. And you know it's their first game of the season. Uh, how many how many players have scored now on their debut? Like in the last like t- first two game weeks, it's been a lot of a lot of debut players getting their first goals. I guess Werner hasn't gotten his, his goal. Or, which, by the way, Vanderbeek's finish there is it was, I mean, it was nice, but one, it was a lucky goal. It was a very the, lucky goal. The reason they signed him was for those kinds of finishes. And two, he basically passed it. Like it wasn't a shot. He just like I'm just going to pass this bottom corner because I 
know I have the uh, ability to do it. He took it first time. I thought it was a really nice goal, but, you know, it'll get lost in the shuffle of them losing this weekend. For sure. I mean, I, like, I want to kill you now. I, look, this is an unacceptable loss for a team of Manchester United's ambitions for the season. But I think this, they're, I think they're going to do the exact same thing they did last year. They're going to struggle in the first half of the season, finally sign someone in the break, and then kind of turn it around and be a second half of the year team. Like they did, that's the exact same thing that happened when Bruno Fernandez came. They desperately need a center back. They could probably use a left back. Eventually, this is going to become Dean Henderson's team. Like I don't think that that uh, De Gea is De Gea will fuck up again. He did initially and save the penalty, um, and then like his like. He had his foot just like barely off of the line, and it looks like they're really trying to clamp down on that in v- with VAR this season. And yeah, it was I'm sure very unfortunate for De Gea that uh, you know he had, they were pals that then got to take the penalty again. I think the first time the penalty was taken by uh, Ayu. Ayu, and he missed it, and then they put Zaha on it, and Zaha scored. So that was a uh, kind of big bummer, I'm sure, for De Gea. Yeah. Um, for all the Spanish goalkeepers this weekend in general, just big bummers. Not yes, not a, not a great weekend for Spanish goalkeepers. Uh, let's move to let's move to the Arsenal game. They get a two one victory against West Ham. Lacazette in the twenty fifth, Antonio in the forty fifth, and then Inketia almost at the death. Uh, Javier, how are you feeling against the performance against West Ham? Which, by the way, Javier, don't take like ten minutes to talk about Arsenal beating some shit relegation team this time. I was sitting there <laughs> editing all the right, pod last well, week while you talked about Fulham beating, beating Fulham three 0 for ten minutes, and I was like, God damn it, why did we talk about this for so long? <laughs> it was like five minutes. You got to calm down. But right, now it's seven. gonna now it's gonna that? be longer because you you know you talked about this now I'm going to have to do a 20 minute segment uh, but no I mean I thought West Ham played way better this week than they did last week they actually were able to get into their low defensive block play on the counter attack and they gave us a lot of problems um, I thought we played well in the first half um, our energy kind of dwindled a little bit um, at the beginning of the second half and West Ham had a period of like 15 20 minutes where um, they looked like they could have scored a couple of goals. Antonio hit the bar off a header, and um, you know they got their goal from a, a pretty shitty defensive mishap from Kolasinic, where he just didn't follow the the run of uh, Fredericks, and Fredericks got an easy cross in for an Antonio tap-in. And I don't think that would have happened if, if Kieran Tierney had started, who got injured in this game before the warm-ups. So hopefully, I mean, it was just, it, apparently it's a really small injury. He just felt a little bit of muscle tightness and they didn't want to risk him for this game. And they figured, okay, this is, if there's one game in the season where you can play Kalasinic, it's, you know, West Ham at home. So it wasn't uh, the best performance from Arsenal, but I think the sign of a team that's improving and of this is definitely a game that we would have drawn or even lost, you know, last season or in the last couple of years. So in order to get the win, much like a- Alex said about, you know, the Brighton game last, last week, you know, we didn't play very well, didn't have that many chances, but we finished our chances that we had and were able to get the win in the end, which is all that really matters. So if we hadn't gotten a win from these first couple of games against Fulham and West Ham, I think we're, we'd be looking at this run very dauntingly, um, you know, because we have Liverpool, City, Manchester United all the way in the next five games. So and I think there's Wolves and Sheffield United thrown in there. So there's it's 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 oh no, Leicester and Sheffield United. So I'm in danger. Yeah, there's uh, there's not a it's not going to be a fun run in these next five games, but you know it's starting off with a couple of wins kind of gives us a little bit of breathing room where we're not going to be 
in desperate trouble if we lose a couple of these games. So happy with the win. Um, I thought Gabriel uh, Gabriel had another fantastic performance. I think he won man of the match in this, and yeah, just happy to have a center back who can who actually puts his body on the line and and plays the full ninety minutes and can pass out the back and. He's left-footed. I don't know. All of these things are weird to me. Having having a player like that, uh, Danny Ceballos made his you know re debut for us again, and uh, looked looked really good. Looked really rusty in the first half, but in the second half, I mean, his his push and and uh, tackles and passing on the ball and ends up getting the assist. You know, he really willed us to that win. So, yeah, happy with uh, with it overall. Lacazette gets a second goal, and thought it was not a great performance, but a good win. Not a single mention for Bukayo Saka, who set up both goals. I hate to see, you hate to see it. I'm I'm I was trying to go fast, Alex. You know. Yeah. Well. But yes, uh, Bukayo Saka played so well. So was he. He went pretty fast. He did. He did. Um, I mean, he didn't get, he didn't get an assist or anything, but he played the pass before the assist for both goals, and yeah. Ah, uh, the hockey assist. Yes, the hockey assist, which I think we need to bring to football. We just need to do it. We need. You should get like one point in fantasy for. I'm just talking about general stats, not even for fantasy. <laughs> how many how many assists would Andrea Pirlo gain if they put in the hockey assist in into football? Uh, he'd probably probably be the all time assist leader <laughs> in, in the all total football world football. Speaking of speaking of Andrea Pirlo, congrats on his first win as a manager for Juventus. They won three 0 over the weekend. In Shocking. Yeah, well, yeah, Juventus winning in Italy—that that's never happened before. All right, let's uh, let's move to Sunday. Southampton getting dogged five-two. Um, I'm done betting on Southampton. Official statement: uh, I'm no longer telling people to bet on Southampton because they've lost the last two weeks. So you can maybe bet on the way. over after the way they defended in that game. <laughs> the same thing yeah, over that... and over and over and over again worked. When you think they'd make an adjustment after you know the first or second. Kane uh, to Son, ball in behind. Some, some beautiful passing from Harry Kane. I mean, yeah, but again, it's the put- same thing over and over again. The, 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 they figured out that Southampton's back four was playing way too narrow. Just had Kane drift out wide, play a ball up to him. He'd take one or two touches and then just play a ball in behind. I mean, they were great. It was great execution. Don't get me wrong, but you know, the method was the exact same thing for four straight goals. Uh, the first of which came at the end of the first half, and then the other three came like pretty soon after halftime. So the game was over. Ings keeping up were his, uh, in that his game. goal scoring. Like, yeah. were playing well. Like the scoreline should not have been five two. Like I mean, I, it's, I'm I'm scared to think of what this Tottenham team will look like using a similar kind of system with you know Son and Bale. Uh, not that they'll both be you know fit and healthy uh, all that yeah, often. Yeah, word is that Gareth are, Bale needs three be... to four weeks. Three to four okay. weeks of, like, getting back to fitness before he's going to be playing, so... Where do we think he's going to play at Tottenham? Is hey, he gonna, right wing. Are they going to stick him on yeah. the wing? Either, or do you think way. they're going to stick him centrally? Like, Or could they do do him centrally like like Wales does and maybe let Harry Kane drop back and, and do a little bit more of the dirty work? I, I don't I think, think that's he... where you want Harry Kane. Yeah, uh... Also, yeah, if you've if watched the Tottenham Bale. documentary, Mourinho just absolutely thinks that Kane is the best striker in the world. So I don't think he's going to move him from that position. I mean, I don't know too many other strikers that could have done what Kane did on uh, Sunday, like maybe Lewandowski with the Rabona assist on Friday night. 
Like that was fucking yeah. Uh, there's not too many center forwards who one have the talent to execute uh, four perfectly weighted passes like that for their strike partner, and two have the willingness to do it because <laughs> strikers. And he got a goal heard. himself, so yeah, yeah, he did eventually. But Mourinho interrupted the, the son four times. <laughs> it's like that's extremely selfless, you know, for a striker specifically. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know many other yeah. world class strikers that would do that. So. Shout out to Kane. Especially a guy like Harry Kane, who's won Golden Boots before and, and for sure wants to get back to winning that award. Uh, speaking of Byron, by the way, I don't know if you guys watched that game. They just absolutely battered the shit out of Schalke. Shocking. About the Premier it was League rough game. to watch. But also, Schalke's been pretty was, shit the last couple of years. So. Well, they, they changed their entire like philosophy where they're, they're just going to like sell all of their talent because they're not doing well financially anymore. And... Bayern just like Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry and Lewandowski up top is um I'm not I'm definitely scared about that like uh that's that's a pretty good combo just just you know wanted to get that get in front of that all we can podcast. do is hope that we get a Liverpool Bayern matchup in the Champions League at some point this season and both teams are as healthy I'll as take, possible it would be I would take that in the semi-final because yeah. I feel like as a final that would be really cagey but as a, sep- a, se- a semi-final that would be a very fun semi-final yeah I can get in line with that um, get two of those games instead of one yeah two for the price of one uh, speaking of two for the price of one uh, let's go to Liverpool's 2-0 victory over Chelsea thanks to uh, Andreas Christensen trying to play the other football in the 45th minute beautiful ball from Henderson uh, just like right down the middle was. of the channel and really really put those Chelsea defenders on skates I thought it was a uh, David Luiz like play. Very interesting first half. Um, I am very intrigued to see how that game would have finished had the red card not happened. I'm not going to say uh, Chelsea definitely. La- I-, I think Alex would agree with me. Lacking some sharpness at times. I think uh, I think Timo Werner had three or four chances that he just should have probably taken the shot earlier and and didn't. But obviously. The, the red card changed the game, and then so the surprise of the weekend was... Uh, so, Jordan Henderson had that big injury at the end of last season and didn't finish the year fit with the club, and he's still working his way back to match fitness. So, Klopp just threw on Tiago in the second half, and he sets the record for most like completed passes in a half. Um, Which, not to shoot you down completely, the previous record was held by Andreas Christensen against Sheffield United in a 3-0 loss. So, that shows you how... How, how much that record means. And I think the third place yeah, was I mean, Jose Font for Southampton. Interesting. I mean, I'm you not... Know. I'm just going to reference this stat. I don't... I'm not like, oh my God, he's the best. Like, like I know I know there's a bunch of people big mad online because everyone was just kissing Tiago's ass the entire time on the broadcast, but like... He did concede I, a penalty. Helped, I don't know. He didn't have like that he, amazing of a game. <laughs> he, he also set up the first... He set up the first goal beautifully. Um, he orchestrated the whole like... The, the the like five or six passes that led up to Sadio Mane's header and then obviously the Kepa mistake in the second one. Um but the first half was definitely like Chelsea definitely played well and didn't really give up a bunch of chances. They were definitely in the game up until that um until the red card happened. Like uh, Alex, would you, you disagree with me? Yeah. Uh, it's all part of this new defensive approach they've taken with this new uh, essentially defensive coordinator Anthony Barry that they brought in from Wigan as part of Wigan's like fire sale yeah the shape has been different from uh, compared to the last two years it's been or it's been a lot deeper for the Brighton game and this Liverpool game and it's been uh, it's basically 
acknowledge the best attacking weapons that we have right now. Uh, fit and healthy is mainly uh, predicated on speed, Timo Werner. So it's you know a little bit more uh, deep and not pressing as high. I- I'm guessing they'll get to that eventually, but we haven't seen really any of that so far. And uh, you really saw like too much of an emphasis on sitting deep in that game, which was you know respect to Liverpool. You guys are a great team, and but when we did get forward, like all the the best threats in the first half that Liverpool generated were from Chelsea. You know, getting a little bit too a little bit too confident and, and stepping up. You know, the the ball in behind to Salah that leads to the uh, Kepa coming out. Uh, and not getting the ball and Salah playing a ball back across the face of goal and Christensen coming in and cutting it out. That was Liverpool's best chance of the first half. And it like it didn't even, I don't think it even registered as a shot. But uh, And then after that, the, the, the ball in behind from Henderson to Mane that leads to the red card. Like those two instances, like the first one was a warning shot. The second one was the the one that, you know, pretty much sealed the game. So I, I'm optimistic because when they were in that shape, they looked much better than they have at any point over the past two years under uh, Lampard and Sarri. They've looked straight up anemic and like not interested without the ball. Uh, but, you know, it's something to build towards. And it's unfortunate that uh, Christensen got caught out that one time and gets the lion's share of the blame because I think Kepa needs to take a big chunk of the blame there, too, for not properly playing that sweeper keeper role. Uh, when you're you have that high of a line but you know Christians is the one who decides to wrap his arms around Mane from behind and frankly after the second goal you'd think Andreas just let him go through and let Kepa get the red card and then we can bring in a backup goalkeeper and we'll be better off anyway <laughs> so uh that's a joke but uh I mean honestly I wouldn't have even been that mad if that had happened <laughs> like it's it's uh thank god that Edward Mendy is in because I don't know if I, I don't know if I can put broke. up with that like that second goal. That was just I, I mean I've vouched for Keppa. You guys know that I've vouched for Keppa and just said let's give him keep giving him time. He's still inexperienced, but you know you you, you can't get away. <laughs> I said to Hugo last night like we have to have standards at some point because if you don't have standards, then you're Tottenham, and uh, you know we you can't be giving the ball away to Mane on your own six yard line. That's that's. That's Tottenham stuff right there. Cut that out. I love that that signing, literally, like Fabrizio Romano tweeted that out like literally seconds after that goal happens. It was like, and Mario Mendy will now be signing for for Chelsea. And it's like, like I, I want to know if he had that like ready to go and was just like, let me see if Kepa makes a mistake and I can just I've seen that get fee, all of the retweets. I've, I've seen that fee like finalized or reportedly finalized about seven different times over the last two weeks. So I don't even, I don't even know which one It keeps increasing in like two mil increments. I can't, they keep increasing at like 22 million from what I've seen, but I mean, I, I just hope he's, I just hope he doesn't have to quarantine for COVID or anything like that. And he can I, just come in and play right away. I thought this was a little bit naive from Frank. Um, what was I just, naive? I don't know. That, number one, I think if you wanted to play that like style of sitting back and playing on the counterattack, I, I would have started Callum Hudson the doy. Um, I also think that you should have started Aspilicueta. I think not having that experience in the back line uh, versus a team like Liverpool really showed in this game. Um, there was a lot of naive mistakes from the back line, including the Christensen red card. And then there was a couple of chances that Salah like, had that didn't really take or that were blocked. Um, but on another day, Salah could have gotten a brace or a hat-trick in this game. Like, uh, no. Th- 
Not at all. Like I, I, I mean, vehemently I deny Zuma. that. Because I was gonna say Zuma. Zuma played well, but I've, I Christensen really feel like played I, well too. I thought Christensen was man of the match before he got that red card. He was playing out of his mind yeah. and covering every blade of grass and blocking shots. And like I said, Liverpool didn't have like a discernible good chance that they created in the first half, other than like the in one the first half Chelsea. Slip up. Yeah, in the first half Chelsea definitely had. The bet, the lion's share of the chances, but I wouldn't say that Timo Werner or, they, or I don't Kai think they Havertz were good were chances either. They weren't. They were they, like they were uh, half chances at best. And yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I want to I want to give a credit to Fabinho, by the way, who steps in and plays defense for Liverpool, and I thought he played fantastically. Um, yeah, he he really I, wrapped I, up Timo Werner. Um, he looked. He did not look like a guy who's. You know, we didn't have any center backs on the bench. Matip's now going to be out a, ma- a month. Uh, Joe Gomez had a minor knock. And the, there's like a youth player who Klopp loves who I would expect to play against. Um, uh, they play Lincoln this week in the in the League Cup. Um, I would expect that would go with that 18-year-old. But, I mean, Fabinho looked fantastic. And, um, I, and I'm very excited. I'll say this. I texted friend of the... Uh, Friend of the pod, Mike, in the second half, once Thiago came on, and I think it was 17 minutes, and it's like, I really want to buy the Liverpool away jersey, and I think I'm putting Thiago on the back. And I was like, it's been less than 20 minutes. Like, he was, he was, like, he was awesome to watch. And I'm very, like, I know a lot of people, like, oh, he's going to fit right in at Liverpool. The fact that he had one training session and just came on and played this well, it's like, just, like, I'm not taking shots at other players who are going to take a little while to, to, to settle in, but. When you have a world-class player who's won at a, at a, a, a high level at other clubs, you know you can slot into a team like this. And so I'm very excited. We'll see if he starts against uh, Arsenal on on Monday. I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch. But uh, yeah, Thiago for president is pretty much how I'll, I'll finish this one off. Let's jump over to Monday real quick. Manchester City getting a win over Wolves. Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, Gabriel Jesus. Raul Jimenez scoring again. That was on my my prop bets of the for the week. I went four or five again. By the way, uh, shout out to the haters, um, of which there are many. Um, hey, put your uh, put your uh, cat back, background forwards. What the hell? What, what do you think this is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, me and my backward hat cap wearing asses went four and five this weekend, and I think I'm nine and fourteen on the year running Premier League. But that's cool. Don't listen to the pod. Don't subscribe. Don't leave five stars. It's cool, guys. I, we don't we don't need it. We definitely don't need it. That being said, this was a good performance for Manchester City. Um, I oh, by the way, shout out Aston Villa. They got a one 0 victory over over Sheffield. I kind of forgot that game was even on yesterday. Emmy Martinez um, saved a penalty. He's a god. There, there you go. I, are you gonna be mad if he has like a god, uh, like a, a god performance? No, no, no. no. Secret agent. Didn't you see when Fabianski, when Eddie and Ketia scored the winner, he was laughing and happy. See, every our, our former keepers, they're they're all over the league, but they're ready to concede against us. But against everyone else, they're, they're gonna put in their god performances. Are those literally the only teams know. with Arsenal former Arsenal goalkeepers? <laughs> and you're saying they're all over the league? <laughs> the other one I know is Chesney, who's obviously in in. Italy, but Juventus, Juventus, and they'll never play Arsenal ever. So, <laughs> um, whenever the Emirates Cup returns, they might. <laughs> Arsenal's favorite trophy. <laughs> Sorry, second favorite behind yeah. the FA Cup. Oh no, that was yeah. I was going to say definitely the FA Cup, Alex. We don't always. We usually don't win the Emirates Cup. 
it's still better than the uh, it's still better than the Audi Cup, which uh, Tottenham are, are reigning champions of. Manchester City switched things up. They played Rodri and Fernandinho in a double pivot in this game, and I definitely feel like it gave them a stronger base. I think that's a maybe a lineup we might see a little bit more of. Yeah, but then it kind of lended to them not being so great in the second half, where like they realistically they could have lost this game. I know they ended up winning three yeah. one, but two 0 up at halftime. There's a flurry of three or four uh, really good chances in the, in the 10 or 15 minutes just uh, after halftime that, you know, Wolves really should have taken I mean, at least one of, probably two of, and had the game tied with about 30 minutes left to left to play. And it would have made for a great setup really, to the end of the game. But instead, they... They really made me sweat. Yeah, no, I bet it did. But you know, weren't you... Didn't you need that uh, fourth goal, the, uh, the Jesus goal to get the over? And they, Gabriel Jesus gave me a sick backdoor. Right. Cover. Instead of going um, to the corner, he's like, all right, screw it. They think I'm going to the corner. I'm going to use this to get myself a goal. <laughs> Classic striker. But yeah, I yeah, mean, City um, City have some, they, they have some energy and uh, focus issues that look, look like they're kind of uh, dripping over from last season. Um, definitely were missing a few players. Like their bench had a bunch of academy players and was not nearly yeah. as strong as I Laporte was the main one thought. missing in the defense. Right. Laporte. With COVID. Um, I think Gundogan also might Gundogan, have Gundogan yeah. wasn't there. And then Fran Torres comes on and gets his debut. No Aguero. Late in the game. No Aguero, but he's out for a while, they're saying. Like, they're they're not sure exactly how long he's going to be out with that. I don't remember what. It's a leg injury of some somewhere on the leg, which is a, a very hockey description of it. It's a lower body injury of some, some extent that I don't remember how long he's going to be out for. But that's the one where, not to say that Gabriel Jesus can't score goals, and I think this is a, big, a bigger opportunity for Raheem Sterling to score a lot, but that's the one to watch. You know, fine, maybe they only beat teams 3-0 or 3-1 rather than their 5 nils. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I still think they're going to be okay, but that is definitely one to watch. I don't remember when their, like, first big colossal matchup of the season is. I mean, they have two pretty big um, ones to start. This Wolves game away is tough, and then they have Leicester at home mm-hmm. next week, who are obviously off to a very yeah. a very good start in the Premier League. So it, it's not an easy start, uh, but I, no. I, I think their, their first game against, you know, the traditional top six is Arsenal soon, isn't it, Javier? Yeah, they, they play us in, I think, two weeks, three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. Should be a doozy. And they start off a week yeah. later than Liverpool, so they're already three points behind Liverpool. Well, six points behind Liverpool at the start of this game, and they've obviously reduced it to three. But, you know, they've mm-hmm. been playing behind Liverpool for a year now. I'm sure they would like to try and, like, switch up that uh, that na- narrative a little bit and try and get their own noses out in front. That's right, City. First. We'll help you out on Monday. <laughs> okay. Okay, buddy. <laughs> we'll see about that one. Yeah, uh, the, the, yeah. Ma- the Manchester City will. Hey, game, we've I beaten you the best. last uh, two times we've played. All right, you put some respect on that Arsenal name. Yeah, neither of those were at Anfield. Fair enough. But there's no crowd, <laughs> and, there's and one no of those crowd. games doesn't count. <laughs> and one of those games doesn't count. One of those games what? was a draw that you guys won on penalties. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of this weekend, I, I don't think. I mean. It's it's Tuesday as we're recording Tuesday morning in fact as we're recording this so uh, there's still plenty that could happen but uh, Brighton Manchester United early Saturday morning Crystal Palace Everton West Brom Chelsea that should be a that should be a winnable game the return the of Branislav uh, to the Premier League I'm so excited 
I can't wait. Can I just say, yeah, I, I like yeah. these slate of games that they're doing on weekends of like 7.30 to 3 p.m. So you just got footy from, you know, all, all freaking day, which I like. I like that they're not putting like four games at 10 a.m. and, you know, one shit game at noon and then that's it. Like, that, which is well, I, a nice I think change. they're doing it because in, because in England the fans can't attend the game. They're trying to put all the games on television for people over there. Which they like normally the 10 a.m. games here they don't have on television in the UK right. because they're trying to get people to like go to the matches or go to, to watch like their local side or whatever, like non league or whatever stuff like 10 that. 10 a.m. So, US on Saturday uh, is 3 p.m. Uh, UK. Yeah, that's like the 1 p.m. NFL Sunday slot. You know, at, like the vast majority of your games are going to be at that time. And like to be honest, English fans they get pissed off when they have too many uh, too many games not at three p.m. on a Saturday, because that's like the traditional time that like you go to the football. So uh, I'm sure English fans don't love it because they're used to having it at, like this one time, the vast majority of the time. But you know, it's definitely better for spreading it out for everyone to see most of the games. Yeah, except half of this shit is on Peacock and the other half is on NBC. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's we're looking at it through a positive uh, lens here, Andrew. <laughs> The peacock is. It's. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of complaints. Um, it's I now mean, on Roku. It's issue. now on Roku, which is nice. I haven't had any issues watching the game. It's just annoying. Of is this on Peacock? Is this on NBC Sports? Like, I. It, it's just. It's so. Like, just I would, ass- I would assume on it's on Peacock. For, just from like the vast majority of the listings I've seen, it looks like most games are going to be on uh, Peacock. So if you have Comcast, yeah. uh, supposedly Peacock is uh, included with your Comcast. Uh, login. Yeah, because they're they're the same company. Burnley, Southampton, Sheffield United, Leeds United, Tottenham, Newcastle could be decent. Manchester City, Leicester on Sunday afternoon. That's going to be fun. West Ham and Wolves on Sunday afternoon against the NFL slate. That is, uh, I don't know a lot of people that'll be. I know you guys will probably watch that. I probably won't. Um, Fulham and Aston Villa on Monday at one o'clock, and then Liverpool Arsenal at three fifteen on Monday. Should be a. Do- I am excited for this, Javier. I, I and I know that I've bet the Liverpool Arsenal over three and a half goals every time that it's at Anfield because it always hits. But I actually have a feeling. I mean, I'm still going to bet it, but um, I, I have a feeling that I, um, I'm going to be very. I think this could be a one-one betting it. I I don't know about one-one. I think this could be a two-one Liverpool. Like I I, I really am impressed so far with for the most part, how Arsenal have fixed their defensive shape under Arteta, and obviously you guys played us very well last year, albeit after Liverpool have had turned the uh, turned their attention as much off of the league. But I, I've been impressed with Arteta so far. That being said, if you are starting Kolasinic against Well, I was going to say, I think it's very run, dependent on if Kieran Tierney starts. If we have Kolasinic, like, I, I don't think we're going to win this game, but... Uh, if Tierney does start, I think we have a chance of you know getting a draw or, or randomly sneaking a win in there. So it's uh, it's going to be difficult no matter what. And you know, like you said, we've we haven't had good games at Anfield in a long time. So it's uh, something I'm looking forward to. You know, because we have started the season with two wins. Um, so I would love even just a draw out of this game to to keep the momentum going. But, um, I mean, if we do lose this game, I just want it to be a close game and for Arsenal to play well and not to get blown out like we had before, you know, 3-0 or 4-0 sometimes at Anfield. So. Yeah, very intrigued to see what lineup Klopp puts out there. I, I'm hoping that 
Fabinho does not have to play in defense and can slot into midfield for this one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Henderson maybe start on the bench due to injury concerns because I don't think you're going to want to do what he did against Chelsea and make it. I am scared of Thiago. He just looks like he's going to be really fucking good for you guys. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Like I, I, am, I mentioned, I'm very, very excited. I'll have my bet video come out on Twitter at Ghost Goal Pod later in the week, probably on Friday. So uh, look out for that in my backwards hat ass wearing self. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I think that City Leicester game looks like the game of the weekend. Like, uh, no offense to you guys' teams, but like, like you said, Andrew, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring of a game after Arsenal seem seem to have gotten their shit together defensively. So that Leicester City Manchester City game looks like it's just going to be a goal fest because Leicester obviously scored three in their first game and then five in the the Burnley game the other day. Uh, the, their new signing Timothy Castagna has uh, a goal in his de- in his debut and then a couple of assists in the game yesterday. He looks like he's uh, fit in perfectly. Their other fullback James Justin uh, popped up with a goal the other day. So they uh, they look like they're firing and Rick it's probably Ricardo as good a time did as, a, uh, as Pereira still. A, I'm guessing Pereira's still injured. No, he did like a return to to training video for uh, Leicester fans being like, ah, I've re-signed with Leicester. I'm back. I don't think he's uh, going to play in this. I think he's still probably a, few, a couple weeks yeah, away, he's but he's back, back in, in training. training then yeah, so, he won't be ready. But I mean, when he comes back, he'll slot in at right back, and uh, Timothy Castagna can drift over to left back and. Probably still no, give no, no. you Justin's, what he has been Justin's got that locked down. No. <laughs> no, yes. he has not. <laughs> they just signed him from Luton last year. He's uh, he, he looks good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he has left back uh, locked down by any stretch of the imagination. I'm pretty sure they've they've signed Castagna specifically to fill that role, and he just so happens to be able to play right back as well. So, um, yeah, he, he looks like a great signing for them. I'm very excited for that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll say this, Lester... Less than the first half of the season are usually a good watch, other than the, the time that they almost got relegated. But uh, I, I do I think that game is going to be fun, and it's leading right in. It's literally you put that game on, and then the last like ten minutes of it are going to be all. Um, I know right before Premier. I know most people aren't going to wake up for the Sheffield Leeds game on Sunday at seven a.m. But I feel like that one's going to be fun because this is going to be a desperate Sheffield side who, you know, like Alex said, they haven't scored yet. Um, they're going to be at home, and they're going to be looking to get some goals, and then it's going to be against the Leeds. So I could see this being well, like three-three. This is a huge they will rivalry score in that game. That, like you, you guys need to know, the Sheffield Leeds like uh, regional rivalry is is very significant. So, so there's going to be extra I'm motivation almost, here. I'm almost going to demand that you not only take the the uh, under in that game, which I know it's never fun to take the under. Uh, but I think you should also take Sheffield to win because, you know, when they're backed into a corner, I think this is when they're going to strike and surprise some people and people will get a little bit too hard for leads and see all the goals they've scored and just completely ignore the fact that Sheffield are borderline desperate and uh, they're, they're missing their captain, John Egan. But Ethan Ampadu is here, guys. Ethan Ampadu is here to save the day for them, and he will slot into that middle center back role in their back three and play it beautifully. Why do Leeds and Sheffield hate each other? Are they in the same like area of, of the woods? Both like uh, coal mining towns, like uh, uh-huh. in the north, obsessed with football. You know, it's... I want to dive into it, but Leeds used to be amazing in the 70s and, or, and late 60s. Yeah, and Sheffield were amazing, I don't know, like 100 years ago or 50 years ago or something. Like They both are like these storied clubs that used to 
just dominate uh, like uh, like to the almost the same level as you know Manchester United and Liverpool eventually did, but you know it just gets lost in in history. Good to know. The uh, right, the, the Brighton United game. I think we got to talk about the possibility of Brighton winning here. Like yeah, they're I mean, at home. They've, they've done been well playing well United these last two games, seasons. Like, right? D- and United are a little bit of a shit show. I don't know. I'm 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 kind of right there I feel, with you. I'm, fe- I'm feeling a draw or a loss from United here. So, so we putting that in our tickler file? Yes, tickler that, file. Yeah, well, like, I got a little tickle on that one. We just want to throw some right. ideas out for you. I know you're doing right. well. You don't need it, I, but you know. I pray. You know I what? Give you I, angles. I, I, you know. I, I love I love a good hint. You know what I mean. This is this is what I do. I take I take all of this into consideration early on Friday morning. I go and I look at my statistics, and then I make my choices. You run it through your algorithm. I read the wind. I read the wind. I do a smoke signal. Um, oh, you, you know, do a smoke I, signal. I burn some tea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I burn some tea. Uh, I, I offer a, a blood sacrifice of a virgin, and then I put my video out and uh, I record on TikTok. So that's that's you know. It's not. It's really not that complicated. Anybody can do it. So, but yeah, look out for that. Shout out to the haters one more time. <laughs> yeah, shout shout out to the haters. That's the dumbest shit, man. <laughs> Backwards hat. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, feel free to shoot me a DM on Twitter, and I will I will certainly explain it to you prior to our next video coming out because. Uh, we're going to have fun with that one. Um, and that about wraps it up from us for this week. Should be another week, good week of Premier League and also uh, some League Cup games in the middle of the week. So look out for some maybe some debuts from some youngsters. Uh, I think there are going to be games. There are two games today? Or yeah, games there's games today, tomorrow? games tomorrow. I think Arsenal play today. Yeah, Carabao Cup is back. Um, Woohoo. Manchester City won't win it for the billionth year in a row. We'll see. Uh, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GoSchoolPod at AntroPasaro at asmos92 and at javierarev9 on twitter and javierarev9 on instagram so i'll, I'll get that go, fixed go. i'll get that fixed oh to be fair he is he is he's putting out some arsenal takes which i like seeing so we need more uh we need more. I, I gave more, i gave a fresh arsenal one this takes. morning gave a fresh one this morning check it oh, out yeah? check it out yeah. okay all right uh and until next time see you